Hey, welcome to James Crowley's Infinite Playlist, the podcast where I try to hear every song that has ever existed. Uh, January was wild, wasn't it? Um, I'm very glad that we're in February, and to kick off the month, I have a great two-part episode with New Jersey comedian Jordan Freed. Uh, Jordan and I talked about songs that are eight minutes long or longer, and it was such a great conversation. I'm very excited for you guys to hear both parts of it. But before we get into that, please follow Jordan on Twitter and Instagram. He's at jfreeze, that's J-F-R-E-E-E-Z-E, three E's in freeze. Uh, You could also follow his production company, Late Night Hump Studios. They are available at lnhstudios.com. They have podcasts, comedy sketches, all sorts of great stuff. And you can also tune in to his live show, Late Night Hump, live from the New Jersey Weedman's Joint, the first, second, and third Wednesdays. Um, Right now, I believe that it is online, but I think when live shows are able to happen again if you're in the trenton area i believe you will be able to go to those uh you guys can also follow me on social media i'm at james p crowley on instagram and tiktok i'm also james p crowley 68 on twitter and you can find me there now let's get into the conversation with jordan thanks Uh, well, cool. So let's, before we get into the playlist, um, I always like to ask what type of music you tend to listen to. Uh, so I grew up on WRRV, the new rock alternative. I had tons of sleeping issues as a kid, so I would play that radio station. Uh, so What is that on the dial? <laughs> it was 92.7, uh-huh. I'm not sure if it still is. Uh, it was like up in Poughkeepsie and I got it down in Warwick. Um, and then from there, I kind of, uh, it's embarrassing, but I was super into mashups. I was too into hip hop, I think. Cause I was just like, Oh, what is this other stuff? <laughs> like, that like what's never this sick to verse over? I listen to like the country music that my mom listened to and the classic rock that my dad listened to. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, what's this sick verse over like a Metallica riff? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like, I know so many songs in the mashup version from girl talk and then I'll hear yeah. them in the original version, and I'll be like, "Whoa, like, that's this is okay." A, I, but like, girl talks like a scientist, literally. I I have I have a very similar relationship with a lot of songs for that same reason, mostly with the Super Mash Bros. But yes, like, same. Where I'm like, "Oh, Twista, I know, I know this song because he put a Coldplay song under it." Oh yeah, <laughs> I, I know a lot of lyrics because of mashups, not because yeah. of the original song. <laughs> and then, like once the verse ends, that was in the mashup. I'm like, all right. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, there's more to this. Um, yeah. So besides mashups, you know, so you kind now of I listen, now I listen to hip hop mostly. Okay, like, cool. I have, I've graduated from mashups to the actual thing. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome cool cool yeah. cool uh cool well so the playlist we're doing today i'm actually very excited about is songs that are eight minutes long or longer um which like is something that i was a little bit nervous about too which you know kind of looking at things i was like when i looked at uh 
our playlists together because I tend to put them in one thing just so I could listen to them like all at once or back to back and just have them ready to go. This is the longest that two playlists together have ever been on this podcast. It was like <laughs> three and a half hours. Yeah, it's it's pretty gnarly. Um, um, but like, but where what, are we going? Exactly. We're just all day. What um, was kind of your approach to this? I know when we were talking, you mentioned that you have a, a long songs playlist. Uh, I started one. I like gave up on it pretty early. And then I got to the long songs playlist and some of them weren't even longer than six minutes. Um, yeah, that was something that I had when I was going through. I was like, oh, I feel like this song is like eight and a half, nine minutes. And then it's like, this song is six and a half minutes. And I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> Yeah, my first song on the playlist uh, was only eight minutes. And like, I was like nervous that it wasn't long enough because like right after it starts, it's under eight minutes. And I'm like, oh no. <laughs> but officially, I like scrubbed it all the way to make sure that it was eight minutes. You're like, okay, this <laughs> so, is fine. No technicalities yeah. tonight. <laughs> <laughs> that, was, that was something that I thought about when I was looking through this. I was like, should I like take down the timestamps of you know what these all are but um but that's cool let's hop right into it then with your first pick which was cinderella featuring ty dolla sign by mac miller i've been waiting all night for this moment i've been waiting all year for this moment i've been picturing you taking off the clothes for me i've been literally curving all these songs for you daddy told you better bring your ass on Cinderella better get your ass on Man, I swear the parents just don't understand You ain't gotta be old to be a man Take my hand, come with me to my room Girl, I gotta sleep at the SLS I already know you got expensive things Take my hand, follow me to my room Okay, your legs like a star, they open up and you got people in that been there every night for weeks at a time. Which I didn't realize just kind of got it in just under the wire, but uh tell me a little bit about this one. Um well it is uh on the divine feminine which uh is one of my favorite mac miller albums uh i think it's a very interesting time in mac miller's life especially given that it was ended shortly um but it's like a time in his life that we know the most about him like the ariana grande days (laughs) kind of (laughs) you know like there's a lot of times that in his life that we don't really know about yet uh, that will right. probably come out in a documentary in a couple of years. Uh, like, especially maybe some, I don't know. Maybe, I, although he did do a lot of documentary shit and like reality TV shit. So maybe I actually, kind on him. I actually know very little about Mac Miller. I'm like on the record, mm-hmm. not a huge Mac Miller fan. Um, so it, it's very interesting just because to know that. So this was the period that he was dating Ariana. Yeah, like she's on the album um, and he's just basically just making an album that's like about her, but it's also about his like long-term relationship that he had with his high school girlfriend who like was with him through his like rise to fame 
to my understanding. I don't want to like f that up to the Mac Miller fans. <laughs> that's like, that's you, tough. You probably have so some fans. Out there. There's someone <laughs> just, that's just like kill this Jordan Freed motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't know anything about Mac. <laughs> They're coming down from Pittsburgh to like <laughs> when I'm in Trenton one week. <laughs> no, we'll smoke a day together. Uh. That's, a, that's, a, that's actually, that may, because like, like I said, I'm not a Mac Miller fan by any stretch, but like that kind of narrative gets me very interested. And I do really, I did really enjoy this song because it's like very kind of like arena rock heavy feeling like throughout the whole thing like ty dolla sign's chorus is very like it it could it could be a rock song you know if you wanted it to be but then like it has these really romantic but also very sleazy lyrics yeah that's kind of that's very typical of mac miller uh that's very like on brand like oh he'll be playing <laughs> some very beautiful beats in the background of something that's just very very vulgar um i i got very into mac miller when i had an assistant editing job and i realized you could play music in the background of your like scrubbing through editing right <laughs> um and i just like got, went through his whole discography and i was like wow i like did not listen to this enough um and yeah it sucks because now there is no more music yeah archives but it's good stuff it's like very dense uh yeah yeah uh on another recent episode someone had uh frankie becerra had chosen um good news which i don't even i might have listened to when it came out but i had it but you know listening to that i was like oh i actually kind of dig this and it makes me you know, it was sad when Mac Miller died, you know, when it first happened, just because because he was incredibly young. I think he was only 28 or so. Um, uh, younger. I think he was 26. Oh, I, didn't shit. Even I, I didn't even yeah. know that. But yeah, now, now the more <clears throat> I kind of go back and listen to his stuff, I'm time. like, I wish I kind of gave him more of a chance while he was still alive because he is very good. And I, you know, I've come to really appreciate his delivery also because it's kind yeah. of like, it's kind of like sloppy-ish, but I find that endearing. Yeah. And in the hall of fame of Jewish rappers, it's like him then the beastie boys. And then I don't know who's, who's after that. I don't even know. <laughs> I wanted to say Drake, but I feel like that was oh, just Drake, yeah. Then Drake. Is... yeah, Drake is definitely the third Jewish rapper. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's awesome. He's, um, a, he's the best recording artist, but he's the, the worst rapper out of the G. <laughs> <laughs> the most popular, but least good as a rapper. Yeah. I think of him as being more Canadian than I do Jewish, but I guess he is really Jewish. He is like well, Jewish. He does the skit, the skits. Well, that was that was what I was gonna say. Is I'm like that might just be like a bit. <laughs> it's like I, I didn't even know. I'm like I'm saying this, but I I don't know if it's true. <laughs> yeah, but uh, let's keep on rolling along into sure. my first pick which was Lark by Young Jesus. Um, great, great thing to do. 
wanted to start kind of way out there. <laughs> it was a good stuff. <laughs> um, what did you think of this song? Well, I smoke a lot of weed, so uh, I enjoyed this playlist in general because I was just like, oh, I'm going on a journey for eight minutes at a time, <laughs> and then, like to a new universe. Uh, <laughs> But no, this one was definitely like the trippiest. Like I felt like I yeah. was like, in a world. Uh, it felt more like cinematic almost than it did feel like a song. <laughs> yeah, this is a band that definitely like, like, since I don't really smoke weed, this is the type of band that like makes me wish I smoked more weed. Because <laughs> when this album came out, I just, I gave it a listen. I was like, oh, this is great. And like, it has like three or four songs that are like, well past 10 minutes long and i just kind of like it's good to just kind of like sit and like vibe to yeah for sure uh i just like any song that has like multiple parts uh that it feels like they're like missions that i go on yeah. during it. um and this was definitely one of those songs <laughs> Absolutely. I, I highly recommend checking out the rest of the album in that case, because these guys are kind of, they're kind of weird because they are like an emo band to an extent. Like they're kind of like adjacent to that whole scene, but then like they do things that as far as I know, not really anyone else from that scene really tries to do. Um, Interesting. So it's very I cool. Oh, go ahead. No, no, you get it. Yeah. <laughs> and like, it, they just kind of like, a lot of bands do the like create a soundscape thing, but it's rarely like this kind of like peaceful and like transitions while feeling very natural. Yeah, I felt very at ease. Um, I enjoyed it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Cool. Well, let's keep on rolling along into your next pick, which was Bad Out of Hell by Meatloaf. This song, I have a lot of memories with it. Um, I don't know when I discovered it exactly, but I remember hearing it on the radio um, and it hit me like it probably hit somebody when it came out, whenever it came out. Uh, it's just a great, like long song. Uh, it's just a beautiful song. It feels orchestral. It feels like a musical, like yeah. there's just so much going on <laughs> at the same time. <laughs> And then to realize it's the guy who's in Fight Club also. Uh, it's just like I, <laughs> I thought you were going to say the Rocky Horror Picture <laughs> Show, but it, it is the guy from Fight Club. Yeah, yeah. Um, 
Yeah, it like it legit sounds like a musical. And yeah. as somebody who did musicals, it's like, yeah, like it could be cool, man. And like a lot of <laughs> musicals think they're being cool when they're not. But like this is like definitely doesn't think it's cool, but it is kind of cool. Yeah, he kind of like it's very funny because Meatloaf, Meatloaf is very similar to like Bruce Springsteen in a way that they're both very genuine, but they go about it in two very different ways. <laughs> um and he's just incredibly fun to just like, like this is a song you can put on like when you're hanging out with musical theater people or if you're like trying to do 90 on the highway. Yeah, <laughs> that is for sure. Um, this is definitely one of the many songs that I've sped down the highway <laughs> listening to. Uh, it's funny because uh, the song that was in the running that I had to not include was Bohemian Rhapsody which I have got a speeding ticket from not being paying attention <laughs> to how fast I was driving while I was jamming out to that. That's so, f well, because Bohemian, Bohemian Rhapsody just does have that, you know, it has that classic car connotation to it also because of yeah. Wayne's world where, you know, once you get to the loud part after the operatic part, you do just want to like speed and headbang. Yeah, that that's real. <laughs> Yeah, that's that's very funny. Um, yeah, I love I love Meatloaf so much. But uh, let's keep on rolling along into my second pick, which was "Dance Yourself Clean" by LCD Sound System. Which I wasn't when I was adding it. I wasn't sure if I was gonna make if it was long enough to make the cut because I don't tend to listen to the whole thing if I put this on, uh, <laughs> just because this is like one of those long songs that I love. But like I might end up like skipping and being like, okay, let's get to something else. But I, I don't know. I think LCD Sound System just does very cathartic and big sounding songs. It's just like analog edm that they do at yeah. this point like it's very cool <laughs> i enjoy it um like it feels very loop pedally <laughs> and so very like what loop pedally <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah i also i also like the way that it kind of like builds from this very like minimalistic like i don't know how i like like if you, it's deceptive when it first opens where you're like what is this there's not a whole lot going on is it just going to be the guy and the like drum loop thingy I, I don't even know what instrument 
he has going there. And then it just kind of builds to, you know, him basically just like screaming. Yeah. And I think it's, uh, it's wonderful what computers can do for music. Yeah. And like just what we could do with production value. And I enjoy uh, that we live in that time. You know, like there's times to play uh, a song on acoustic guitar and then there's times to make songs like this, uh, to be at the club and just like be at a rave, uh, <laughs> sweating out your Molly. <laughs> As, yeah. And uh, LCD sound system do, they kind of do both of those. They tend yeah. to veer more towards the like synthy dancey stuff, but like then they have a song like New York, I Love You, But You're Bringing Me Down. And it's like, this is pretty much all like live instrumentation and, you know, just kind of like a piano ballad otherwise. Yeah. Do you think there's been like a musical, a music festivalcation of like, music like how people are writing music with the intention of like i'm gonna have to play this outside in like a forest where people are all on drugs like uh i know it definitely slowed down probably with the corona like people were probably like, oh, <laughs> now no one's TikTok music but like um, I, I thought music was kind of going in that direction where they were just like yeah like i'm gonna be playing this for people who are camping <laughs> I, de I definitely do get that feel with with certain artists i think it, i think it depends on like who it is and what they do because i still think that there's a lot of people that kind of cater their stuff to their own like specific niches but i do think that there is kind of i have this very like weird relationship with a lot of like mostly like indie rock but you kind of see it in a lot of different genres where it feels like they're just kind of trying to create like a cool sound that like reaches a weird like hip lowest common denominator um but like yeah. it kind of fits in with that like music festivalization because like when you look at like festivals like Coachella and uh Governor's Ball and uh Bonnaroo and you know all all the crazy ones across the country you end up seeing like oh it's the same 12 artists playing every not 12 there's like 30 on all of those but like the same bunch of artists give or take a handful yeah i definitely do miss uh the smaller scale music festivals yeah and like the just stumbling into a new artist who like not that many people are around maybe you had to get water from somewhere and then you yeah. look up and it's just like the best act that you've ever seen uh, <laughs> Yeah, I really miss like opening bands for that reason. Yeah. <laughs> because I've slowly come to realize like, oh, I do, uh, you know, I'm the person where like, if I'm going to a show, I'm like, I'm not gonna like, I'm like, I might show up late and just get there for the main band. But now I'm like, oh, I need to just stay and see everything. <laughs> and occasionally you do find someone that you're like, oh, this is awesome. Yeah, occasionally you do. It's tough though, because like I feel like growing up, I just went to so many mainstream concerts. Yeah. So then like I just caught people who were just like not ready for how big the room was sometimes, uh, and it was just like, what's going on here? Is this the main act? Or like me being like confused because I was young. <laughs> but like now I'm definitely going to like more niche concerts. I guess yeah. like once concerts are back. And then you do kind of get that discovery when you go to like local shows, which yeah. like 
with people in their bedrooms, like they could be the greatest musician ever. You don't really know anymore. Like you could be at a random bar and the greatest musician could come up because yeah, why not? that's like one of my favorite things with just kind of like, with like the advent of the internet is just kind of being able to be like, Oh, I could go on Bandcamp and find some like kid in Iowa that, you know, makes like sick, whatever. And then just be like, I adore this. <laughs> hello i'm giving you a follow <laughs> that, that happens every now and then where i'm like this is a sick band from the middle of nowhere <laughs> um but let's keep on rolling along to yeah. a band that is not from the middle of nowhere uh flight of the concords with stana in which case this will be the weirdest tale that you've ever lived ran I'll tell you the story of a dangerous man Some say he was born with a gun in his hand An only child and a motherless son In his class he was the difficult one He had a predilection for killing and hating His name was an anagram of Satan Bad attitude, bad blood, bad grammar A man by the name of a bad man London a very bad man an evil man his very name was a satanogram <laughs> he's the kind of man who would walk around without any pants on and take a Viagra just pop into town technically I think that is the middle of nowhere right <laughs> is New Zealand <laughs> the middle of nowhere the only place that has conquered coronavirus <laughs> it's it's well right now it's definitely not the middle of nowhere it's the only place that actually exists <laughs> as far as i'm concerned <laughs> uh i i have heard that you could just drive across new zealand just like very easily if you have a car like it's very small yeah um so i dream about a day where i have enough money to just like stockpile it and just escape to new zealand and just like live out in new zealand for three years uh <laughs> I'm hoping that they're accepting people, but I don't even know if anybody would want an American at this point. I wouldn't want an American. Probably not. <laughs> I don't think they're letting anyone in, but maybe if you like got a boat, you could like sail over there. Maybe, maybe. Uh, maybe I'll, I'll hook up with Flight of the Concords. And exactly. They can hook me up with a visa. <laughs> uh, tell me a little bit about this song. So this isn't my favorite song by Flight of the Concords. So, uh, but I wanted to get them on the list just because like they are so like musically important to me. Uh, definitely totally when fun. I was in high school, Flight of the Concords is one of my favorite TV shows. Um, it got me into like musicals and like musical comedy in general. Uh, and like now I've done like musical improv and stuff like that. Yeah. You know, coming from like not having any musical talents whatsoever, being tone deaf as shit. Um, and like within, from my junior year of high school on, like I've improved in like musicality so much because I was just so garbage trash. And it's just like nice that they were like people who I would sing in the car and like they definitely shaped my voice because they would hit like very high notes. <laughs> that's all so it, it's that's actually very so like 
something that I noticed listening to this, I I hadn't really listened to a lot. I haven't listened to a lot of Flavor Concords. I've heard some stuff here and there, but you know, um, when it came to musical comedy shaping me, it was Weird Al and then Tenacious D, who we'll talk about a little bit later. But um, you mentioned musical improv. Are they like doing a lot of musical improv in this? Because they kind of made it sound like that in the talking bit at the end of this. Um, I, I, I think they're just very used to performing together. I don't know yeah. how much improv they're doing anymore. Um, yeah, this is definitely not one of their more famous songs, but it's like cool because it's like a recent song, I think, yeah. uh, if I am correct. Uh, so it's cool that like they're still touring and like creating songs and like creating stuff like they've executive produced stuff they won an Oscar for the Muppet song um, Man or Muppet uh, I didn't know about that that's awesome <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah like they like some stuff doesn't age incredibly well right. but like they they seem like they're good guys so like i don't think yeah. people hate them like they're i think they just like legit are just family men in new zealand who come from shepherds and like they're funny and they make music yeah. like <laughs> i don't think they're assholes like i hope <laughs> they're not assholes they definitely have that very they're they're very like silly from the stuff that i've listened to which i yeah. enjoy because i feel i feel like I feel like musical comedy kind of has to be silly, but I think it's very hard to kind of like nail down silliness, if that makes sense. Yeah, because like you also have to be very good musically. Like if the song sucks, then people don't care about the joke. And then like if your song is good and like the joke is cheesy, like sometimes people don't like cheesy. Sometimes they do. Like it depends on the audience, but like, some, but like you have to be cool about it because like otherwise people are like oh this is cheese ball shit you know <laughs> like doing musical <laughs> improv like you could definitely see very corny musical improv but then you could also see like very like genuine and like interesting and like making like big operatic choices and then rapping in the next song and then like <laughs> doing a ballad and then <laughs> going into something else so with musical improv, I, I obviously a lot of it's coming up like on the spot, but is it like choosing genre and the direction of a song on the spot too, or like just lyrical? Uh, it depends on your troupe or like if you're playing musical games, I guess, because like some people do short uh, form improv, like not a lot of people in right. like New York City do that, but like. Uh, people in like Chicago do that and other places do that. Um, and, uh, if you're doing like short form games, it might be like, uh, this is the greatest hits of like the country singer, the bartenders. And then you just do a bunch of songs as like the bartender. And then that's like the game. And like, maybe they're all country songs basically, but right. Uh, I think a lot of times people like to switch it up a lot. Like there are definitely some city troops uh, in New York and like Baltimore that are like very good hip hop troops. Um, And they're not like necessarily like doing like musical, like doing musical, but like there are people who interpret it as doing a musical. So like I like to interpret it more as like doing songs 
as opposed to doing musicals. Yeah, that's that's cool. That's that's very interesting because that that's like a side of improv that I I think I haven't seen really. So I uh, to me it's like something I don't know anything about, but it's very like interesting and something I've been like curious about. Yeah, and like the musicians who do it, like a lot of times they're doing like easy stuff for them but like it just sounds so amazing because uh it's going along with something else you know like you don't need a lot when it's in the background of a scene or it's in the background of a video or it's a commercial or something you know uh it could just be very simple and i i think it's just like it's one of the most fun things to do when you're with like a group you're really vibing with definitely cool cool let's keep on rolling along into my next pick which is miles runs the voodoo down by miles davis um I, <laughs> I kind of went through a Miles Davis phase very early in quarantine um, where I was listening to a lot of like, not so much this album because Bitches Brew, uh, I learned very quickly is very intense and is a lot, but a lot of like his earlier stuff. And then I kind of moved into some of the more experimental stuff from this album and kind of the more I listen to it, the more I like it. <laughs> Um, and I keep trying, you know, I keep pulling different things every time I come back to it. Um, but so like for me, even though like listening to this, it feels very like all over the place to an extent, it also just kind of feels very smooth and it feels kind of like walking down a city street. And- yeah, no, I, I'm a big fan of Miles Davis, like when record players started to go in again and then everybody stopped doing CDs and getting records. Like, I'm pretty sure my dad got, this is like one of the first records, like a Miles Davis record. Um, And just like listening to jazz for long periods of time is just like good for your soul. Yeah. Um, And I'm glad that this was like a voodoo influenced song uh, because I spent some time in New Orleans. So. Oh, nice. uh, It's always a place in my heart when uh, voodoo haunts my day a little bit. Uh, since Mardi Gras isn't even happening this year. (laughs) (laughs) New Orleans is like one of my big bucket list places. Um, just because like mainly for like voodoo and like more recently jazz, just because as I've gotten older, I'm like, okay, cool. I, I like dig this when I was younger. I was like, I just want to go for the creepy shit. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Uh, yeah, the, 
it, there's just so many festivals and parades and yeah. just celebrations, which like, it's so sad to think of like living there now with like what's going on because you yeah. can't leave your house and shit like that. But uh, it's just like the hope that like we get through all of this so that you get back <laughs> to like being out in the street and being out at bars, being out wherever you want to be like in yeah. crowded areas to a certain extent, like yeah. nobody's going to be back in like, Oh, well, actually, I think people will be back in crowded areas. People are already back in crowded areas. They yeah. They give no I think, <laughs> Yeah, I think I think as soon as a bunch of people start getting the vaccine, they're going to be like, all right, cool, crowded areas, let's do it. Yeah. I'm like, I'm like dying to go back to concerts and things. Uh, and like, you know, I one of the things I'm looking forward to doing too is also just going to jazz clubs once all this ends because yeah. like, that was the thing that I fell in love with early on in like March, April. So I was like, you know what, I'm gonna, you know, go and try to like spend a night at the Blue Note and probably drop a lot of money, but, you know, yeah, you know, all that stuff. Yeah, I managed to catch some live music like over the summer, which was very, very delightful. And I don't think I enjoyed it as much as I should have enjoyed it. Uh, I don't think I realized like truly how long it would be until I saw live music again. The last time I saw live music, like I was like, yeah, this is rocking. But like, I should have been jamming way harder. <laughs> was it, was it like summer 2019? No, 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 no. I went, oh. I went since pandemic. Uh, oh, yeah. yeah. I went, I went to like Maureen's jazz cellar outside one time. Oh, and, like, nice. Socially distant. Like it was like me and like five other people just like watching. Yeah. Oh, man, I don't know if you've ever been to the jazz cellar. No. Oh, it's very good. But, and Nyack, highly recommend to music fans. It's like the best like music venue ever. I'll, it's great. I'll check it. that. I've heard about that, but I haven't. Yeah. Just because it's the other side of the river. But the other side of the river. Yeah. You probably <laughs> just go to the city or other parts of Westchester. You know? Exactly. Yeah. But, <laughs> But if I know that, like, they have stuff, I'll have to check that out. Because, like... There was I, also this other uh, backyard. Oh, I was that? just going to say, there was this oh, other man. backyard at this, like, vegan place uh, that had live music. And it was, like, the same band every week just had a residency at this vegan place in a oh, backyard. A uh, I, what is it? Uh, Raw Roots Cafe in, like, Northvale. And like, it was very cool. Their backyard space is very spread out. Like you feel very safe. Like they have fires going, uh, it's healthy food. And like the band is just like a jam band. We Baba, they like were people who just played together forever. And like, they just like started playing at this place and like, they never even had like social media. They didn't really care about it. Right. And I was like, what? Like, you're so good. Like, <laughs> One of my buddies that lives down in Philly was telling me that like there have been a couple of places where like they'll have like weekly jam sessions normally, but because of COVID they haven't, but then they just started doing them outside. And I'm just kind of like jealous because I think I think the only live music I've seen since March was a guy with an acoustic guitar at like some restaurant I went to over the summer. And like nothing against <laughs> that, but like I, it wasn't like the same. <laughs> No, it's definitely not the same to see like 
the sad one person who like yeah. can kind of overpower some people talking, but not. Yeah, <laughs> I'm like I'm kitchen too. <laughs> I'm I'm thinking about you know now that they keep talking about like the different like drive-in shows and things. I think I will go to one if like the right artist does it, but not. But like it's not something I'm about to just like do randomly. Yeah, I don't know what artist is like optimal for a drive-in. Cause like you can get stoned, but not too stoned. Cause like I feel like you're gonna have, have to, drive to drive away. Can't drink. Be like, oh, that's the cop that that's the car that just had all the smoke about the. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, a couple. One of my friends went to see um, the Front Bottoms down in like Philadelphia, and she said that they were giving out like Bud Light's version of like non-alcoholic beer. Um, I could be wrong on the brand. They could have been giving out like Heineken Zero or something. But I'm like, I don't know if I'd like that. (laughs) (laughs) I guess like at this point, it is just like something is better than nothing at this point. Yeah. 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 Um, Speaking of bands that are better, I don't want to say better live, but uh, your next pick was Fluffhead by Fish. two uh fish songs as a white stoner that i am (laughs) (laughs) uh yeah no uh i I like fish i've seen some fish concerts um i like the the jam bands in general um and these songs that i picked by fish just have a special place in my heart uh fluffhead specifically like uh my dad was like he went to a concert one time and he was just like oh i i, I was at a tailgate with a guy who wrote this song the dude of life and i was just <laughs> like oh okay cool <laughs> so like i always remember this song uh and it's a long song it's a classic song it's yeah. about drug use and just like addiction <laughs> and just like but the kinds of people you meet in this culture which is like now that I'm like part of the stoner culture because right. of like doing a show at Weed Man's Joint and stuff like that, like you realize that you just come across like crazy people, like crazy people come up to you and you're kind of just like, yep, this is just part of like the culture. That's just what you do. <laughs> like you just deal with whoever comes up to you <laughs> and you kind of just go with it. And you assume that people are going to fuck with you because you're a comedian, if that's the case. Right. <laughs> It it's very funny, just kind of the way you said that. I've been I've only been to one jam band show uh, ever, and it was um, Lotus. Um, and that, I went because my buddy's a big fan, so he was like, "I have a ticket. You want to come?" And I was like, "Sure." You know, so we go. We're hanging out, you know, and like 
even though I don't really smoke weed, I was like, I'm going to prepare myself to smoke because I'm like, <laughs> I know the culture. And then like, I, you know, my buddy was like, do you have weed on you? And I was like, no, I thought you would. <laughs> so ended up just drinking that night but I remember you know the band comes on and everyone's just kind of vibing and I remember someone just kind of came up put his hands on my shoulders and like nodded at me and I was like do I know you and then my buddy was like yeah that'll happen and like it's very much like yeah sometimes things just like happen with stoners at jam band shows yeah, like legit, like a song like Fluffhead, it's just like folklore. And like, that's how you get like Grateful Dead type bands. That's how you get just like Michael Jackson's even. Like you get like people who when they tour, like mad people go and see them. And it's like songs like this that like people are like, I had to go to every show because I needed to see him do Fluffhead. Like they never <laughs> do it anymore. <laughs> that's, <It's> like... <laughs> that's awesome. That's so funny because, uh, you know, I... It's, it's very funny just kind of like knowing that there's lore surrounding this because I'm listening to it and like I was digging it just because like I like I like the way it builds. It also reminded me at points of like video game music, um, <laughs> <laughs> which like, you know, I don't know if that was their intention, but like it's cool. And like I'm fascinated by um, Fish because I read, um, what's his name? Do you know Nathan Rabin? um no who is that he is a critic and author i think he's like a film critic um he's actually i believe the person credited with uh creating the term manic pixie dream girl oh Um, wow but he wrote a curse i don't know (laughs) (laughs) um but he wrote this book um called you don't know me but you don't like me where he like tour he like followed around fish and the insane clown posse in the same year and like he kind of like draws a lot of parallels between the two fans and it's very cool but like when i was reading that i listened to a lot of fish because i would listen to whatever show he was writing about um but so like it's one of those things where like i think that it's incredibly interesting but i like don't know any of the music as well as i feel like i should like, I don't want to, like, say this on the podcast because, like, mad comedians probably listen to this podcast. But, like, that's where I think, like, comedy is going is, like, oh, like, you had to be there at that night because, like, that joke. Yeah. And, like, oh, like, I have that album from that night. And, like, it's, like, specific nights. And, like, some comics do that. But I think that'll, like, gain popularity. Just, like, during the internet age, something that's, like, good that isn't on the internet already, like – people are going to package that shit like crazy afterwards. Oh, what, I 100% kind of agree with, you know, I do think that you'll have people that are like, oh, you know, I want to do comedy as, you know, like this is my act. And once I have my act, it's done. But I think that there's something a lot cooler and more interesting when you're in a show and something cra- like different happens. Um, yeah (laughs) and you never know what's gonna happen like especially when you're in like the stoner places because like when everybody is stoned like you know that everybody's in like this heightened state of like oh something just happened whoa (laughs) like (laughs) like, i remember one time i went to uh, the first fish concert i went to that like wasn't involved with my dad like i was at jazz fest in new orleans and like i was with somebody i was seeing at the time and like all of a sudden like this person just like went down like 
four people that way, like of heat exhaustion or something. And like, Damn. I was like, not used to smoking weed, like right. out of a piece. So I was like super stoned and I was just like, what the fuck is going on? Cause like all of a sudden they just got carried out in a stretcher and I was like, whoa, <laughs> like, <laughs> I'm glad that like there's people here who are trained to do this. And like, that is the most wonderful thing about festivals when they come back is just like, there's always people there to help you if you're doing know what they're doing. And like, you should always be responsible and do fewer drugs than you think you should do just for the sake of people around you. But like, it is good to know that there are guardian angels sometimes that come through. <laughs> Absolutely. Definitely. Uh, let's keep on rolling along yeah. into my next pick, which was Canary Yellow by Deaf Heaven. I was very close to almost making my playlist all metal songs. Um, I would have been so sad. Metal is definitely like not my huge forte. That's totally fair. So I, I take it you weren't totally into this. No, no, no. I, I like, I enjoyed your songs. I enjoyed your songs. Like oh. you pick good metal songs. And also if it's like a long metal song, it doesn't just feel like slog for like, right three minutes. minutes like they're obviously doing different things and something yeah. happens i just like i've never gotten into it and it's just like too much for me sometimes that's totally fair um and i definitely feel i feel like you know with certain metal so you know it, it's one of those things where i feel like everyone can kind of find types of metal that they can enjoy but kind of metal overall you you know it's very hard to find like specifically good metal if that makes sense yeah know. like if, <laughs> like i i saw like kind of punk kind of metal like right before uh all the covid stuff started yeah. happening at like this new venue by us <laughs> and it was like it was cool like yeah it's good to see like intense shit sometimes with like yeah. crazy kids you know i'm not a crazy kid anymore <laughs> like i'm not gonna bounce off the walls and like mosh pit with people that's not something i'm trying to do i'm not trying to smash a beer bottle and like fight someone but see, like, at 26 like years old i'm still that person <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I'm like I'm the person that's bouncing off the walls getting in the pit um, now I have to take another I take more breaks because I'm like this is too much but like you know and I do think that like a band like Deaf Heaven you know kind of veer they try to do more of like an ethereal metal sound than you know 
a band like uh, like Cannibal Corpse, you know, where Cannibal Corpse is like straight intensity Death Heavens. Like we're gonna try to like make this pretty, even if we are screaming. Um, <laughs> and like I kind of like the way that they kind of like take these songs, take like songs that are still pulverizing and in your face, but kind of try to make them much more like palatable than you know cannibal corpse <laughs> i feel like if i got broken up with in my life like two or three more times then i'd go through my metal phase like i feel like then it would be like i've definitely never dated anybody who likes metal <laughs> it's time to dig into something new <laughs> that's when you you meet like a girl that's just like jet black hair you know septum piercings you know snake bites and then you're like okay and then i bump into you at a comedy show a year from then and you're just jet black hair chains yeah no no more no more breakups just keeping the same music i listen to now i don't want to lose any of it <laughs> that's, total, that's totally fair uh um Cool. Let's keep on rolling along into your next pick, which was The Quick One While He's Away by The Who. He was due home yesterday, but he ain't here. I may have been listening to the wrong version then, but um, I'm very glad that you picked a Who song. I am too. Um, I'm going to get to tell my grandchildren one day, uh, if I have grandchildren, uh, that I saw the Who. Um, when did you see so the Who? Past their prime, but uh, <laughs> I saw them like once or twice. I think I saw them at either, either MSG or... Uh, in newark maybe uh yeah it was good to see them but like the singing just wasn't there and yeah. like that takes you out of it sometimes like because you're just so used to listening to it so long on the recordings and like it yeah. is good to see people who can still jam on like guitars and stuff like that um but the which, like, i'll definitely were... talk about old people who could still jam in a little bit yeah but uh no i love the who like it's one of my dad's favorite bands so like it definitely like has a significant place in my heart as well to listen to the who um, the who was actually my my first concert um oh nice 
but like you know it's one of those things where because it was my first like i don't think i noticed the vocals being off oh yeah Um, but like that's been like my big reason where like as i've gotten older i'm like i won't go see the who again because i don't because after seeing more recent clips of roger daltrey i'm like this doesn't sit well with me (laughs) i don't want to like go and have that illusion shattered yeah, I had Bob Dylan ruined for me seeing a Bob oh, Dylan concert. I want to see Dylan, but I I, I don't know. Like if you I... have to, you haven't, but then also at the yeah. same time, it's just so sad because like it definitely would have been better to see him a long time ago, but yeah. like it's just tough now. Like I'd rather honestly all I want to hear is like interviews, to be honest, and yeah. like listen to his old music in like documentary form, which like I'm sure there's going to be a bunch of Dylan documentaries in the next 20 years at some point. Yeah. Uh, when that time comes, I'm excited for it. Um, yeah, that was a weird uh, uh, route away from what the song actually was. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, <laughs> tell me about a quick one while he's away. <laughs> uh, there, There's a lot going on in this song. Uh, it feels like it is cinematic. It feels like there's a lot going on. Um, it's a mini it's opera. About, I think it's about some infidelity. Or, yeah. It's yeah, not totally or, clear, but or it's the way at the war. We don't really know. Yeah. Um, but it definitely plays on men's insecurities. So I like that shit. Uh, I, I feel like the who was definitely like, they, they were badasses. Like they definitely they were. like were against the man for a little bit until they, sold out <laughs> like talk yeah. about and shit like that but yeah they were definitely fun and like funny and i think that is how they stayed subversive is by having some good good funny stuff here and there like yeah. especially on their like deep cuts they have some like really weird shit that you're just like yeah they they have very like funny and silly songs very like more often than like pretty much any other band of that era like a lot of bands have sort of like maybe weird songs or maybe songs that like veer towards like less silly and whimsical but the who has boris the spider (laughs) and like i'm a boy and like you even get like touches of that with like john entwistle's parts in this song um or like when they're all singing cello 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 (laughs) because they couldn't afford a cello (laughs) yeah i feel like the who kind of like parallels uh the blink 182 of like our time (laughs) i think you're the first person that's ever said that but it's a it's a fair it's like a very complete band and then they play a lot of joke songs too yeah but they're just so musically sound even though they're saying crazy stuff like they're playing what the kids want to hear. It's like the rebel against your parents stuff that seems a little cheesy once you get to age 35. Um, but <laughs> it's good. Definitely. Let's keep on rolling along into my next pick, which was Disposable Heroes by Metallica. Um,
G-Metal. Yeah, had to get some thrash in there. And Metallica has so many super long songs, but I kind of chose this one just, I like like the sentiment where it's a very like anti-war, anti-establishment, you know, like, you know, yeah, we, we call, you know, our military heroes and then we just send them off to die and it doesn't matter. <laughs> um, and I think, I think that even though like Metallica have, good like musicality and very like you know catchy songs overall i think that some of the political implications of metallica get overlooked very often no well like weren't they associated with the uh the paradise lost people no not them the, the west memphis three was that who it was oh they may have been there was like a there were kids who were accused of being like satanic just because they liked Metallica. Right. And they like didn't murder these boys. And, right. Like, there was like a huge outpouring of like Hollywood support and shit to like right. get them off the hook. And it's just like, it's crazy that like that's happened with like the Juggalos, like you said. There's like not yeah. a lot of bands who, like and rap for sure. Like people have definitely been put in jail because they like rap or are rappers. But there, like there's, there's not a lot of musicians like across like other spectrums. Yeah. It it's always like. I mean, and I don't want to, I don't mean this as a bad thing, but like more ridiculous artists that get, that end up facing the scrutiny, like, you know, parent groups in the 70s hated Kiss, which like, are, for all intents and purposes, are a joke band. Um, I love Kiss, <laughs> but like, and I mean, same sort of thing with like, you know, an artist like Marilyn Manson or the Juggalos or, you know, even, you know, when you look at like, different rappers like you know like nwa and eminem and all these people that face scrutiny even though like nwa did have like a very pertinent and important message they were still just kind of trying to be transgressive and people were terrified of them <laughs> yeah now they were definitely saying stuff that like if you play nwa songs now and like read those lyrics out at like a rally like you would get beat up by the cops yeah like, that's the matter like still in the year 2021 like you're getting like thrown in a van by like some crazy secret police if you listen to nwa and like chant those lyrics out loud in the streets definitely and you know and i mean that's a testament to how great they are that oh yeah it was badass back then and it's still badass yeah um But yeah, so it, it's very interesting. It, it, it's one of those things that like, I feel like, you know, the, the artists that go on and get remembered do have, you know, the, those sort of political implications or, you know, even if they're not necessarily political or, you know, whatever, but like they have the bigger message, even if, you know, people think of Metallica now and they just think of, you know, guys in jean jackets. yeah i just think of drums why drums just like metal makes me think of drums i just can't it just i'm just thinking of it in the back of my head did did you ever play drums or i did not i played saxophone oh yeah for a little bit yeah (laughs) very different (laughs) very different instrument yeah um yeah i'm not very rhythmic I can't do drums. I have awful rhythm. Um, 
uh, like my girlfriend makes fun of me because I was a theater kid and she's like, how are you a theater kid? And you can't keep a beat. And I'm like, well, that's why I'm not a theater kid still. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But let's keep on rolling along into your next pick, which was City Hall, I believe, Malibu Nights by Tenacious D. This is a song for the people in the streets at the People City Hall. All you motherfuckers in the streets, it's time to rise up. Come along, children, and fucking rise. Just growing up, you know how it is. Just like <laughs> suburbia, when you discover Tenacious D, like, like all of a sudden your childhood just gets a little bit better. Um, <laughs> how old were you when you discovered Tenacious D? <laughs> uh, I'm assuming like seventh or eighth grade, yeah. going on like bad. freshman year. Like somehow I discovered uh, eBay at some point. And like once I discovered eBay, um i got like discounted dvds sometimes and the pick of destiny was like a one dollar dvd i got on ebay uh (laughs) so uh i watched that and like when i had an ipod i like got tenacious d on it and like it's musically good like the guitar is. is very good like kyle gas is a gifted guitar player and jack black is a gifted vocal artist and voice actor so his singing is great because he could just fake being a rock star and it's amazing and he does it and he it, is a rock star is. because he faked it so long like it really made me think about it a lot because i was just like wow like this guy is just like not like he's never really been a rock star and he was just able to do this and i was like oh i guess i can like learn music at some yeah. point like that's the thing is like a lot of these bands like I feel like I like listened to music as a kid, but like I never got into music because I was never like, I never got into like uh, playing the instruments. Like I never took piano as a kid and I quit saxophone after like two years. So after that, I I was like, oh, there's no hope for me. But then I like rediscovered music in high school and then it was going to be okay. And then college was totally different. And then now I'm like trying to learn piano and shit. <laughs> That's awesome. I like, you know, I had, I played guitar throughout high school and like, you know, I like did it and I was, I was about as good as I could get. And then in college, I kind of started, you know, falling off just because I was like partying. <laughs> but like now I'm like, but now I'm like doing sort of that same thing where I'm like trying to like actually get better at guitar and not worry about like, Oh, you know, do I need to be able to play like, you know, I'm Kirk Hammett. Um, but yeah, 
but to kind of circle back, I do adore Tenacious D. Um, and like um, how The Who was my first concert, Tenacious D's first album was the first CD I ever bought with my own money. Um, and my parents were furious. <laughs> <laughs> I think because they were like, oh, this is the guy from School of Rock. And then they have all these like weird, explicit sexual songs. Oh which... my God, yeah. There's like cock pushups and shit. <laughs> oh yeah. Which like, as like a middle schooler, I didn't totally get why they were so funny. And <laughs> as I've gotten older, they've aged all the better. Uh, and this song too, I think is yeah the it's very funny and also like very pertinent you know in the sense where like you know they are making fun they're making fun of kind of like punk songs that are like directed at the government but they're also you know actually kind of making some good points <laughs> while being yeah silly. no the song is like kind of gave way to the rise of like the bernie sanders socialism yeah. i think in like a lot of ways <laughs> and like i'd hate to think that it gave rise to like people storming the capitol i don't think it did but like my like politics are definitely defined by the song like just like <laughs> it is like kind of funny like the song is just like yeah like why don't they let us smoke weed like why don't they just let us like do what we want like we're just the citizens like we deserve to do what we want exactly <laughs> It, it's fine. The other the other Tenacious D song that there's a very clear line to is uh, the government totally sucks. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and I, I always laugh because I didn't realize how funny this was, but I interviewed a band back, back in March, like right before the pandemic. It was the last concert I went to. And, you know, I was talking to the guy about like, I was like, oh, you guys write political songs, but you're not very specific. And he was like, well, yeah, I feel like if I tried to write a political song that was very specific, it would just be the government totally sucks by Tenacious Day. <laughs> which like is a very good, which like I didn't realize how funny it was <laughs> until he said that when I was like, oh, that is perfect. Yeah, and it's like there's a reason why teenage boys love Tenacious D. It's because the songs are stupid. Like they're funny yeah. and stupid. Like yeah. it's like they're just like very like repetitive, like simple songs. And then like all of a sudden there's a guitar solo and you're like, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, it like plays on the tropes of you know rock music as much as it does you know as much as it does you know the sex and drug stuff that they say that, that you know. So I love Tenacious D so much. I also love skits. Like we're going to talk about an artist a little bit later where we'll probably talk about skits a little bit. Um, but, but like Tenacious D had some skits on their albums, which like, hey, if there's an artist out there who uh, is making an album, dropping an album soon, let me get on your skit. I'm, I'm trying to be on your album skits. Uh, it's definitely worth it to drop those, especially because it's on Spotify. Like people will get those streams up. They'll show their friends. They'll send it to their friends. So let's work together. Uh, I like to tell rappers that I'll just play like the stupid white guy in their scripts. Uh, so that like, I can just get on the albums. Uh, I have a couple of people who are lining up, hopefully. Uh, I've actually never thought about that, but that's, that's actually, that's actually, because that is like an, art that's kind of like dying from albums where like people aren't doing skits as much but uh i'll also throw my hat in there if you need a guy for skits i'll do skits too <laughs> <laughs> um but anyway let's keep on rolling along into my next pick which was four score and seven by titus andronicus mm -hmm. 
chose very specifically because i had the kind of capital storming in mind but i think makes even more sense the week that we're recording this um with the gamestop stock um crisis because there's i i don't know if you're familiar with titus andronicus at all i'm not i'm not very at all um, this album is a concept album about the Civil War, um, which is very weird for a pop punk band from New Jersey to do. Um, Ooh, where in New Jersey? Uh, yeah. Mawa. Whoa, I lived in Mawa for a bit. <laughs> you may have crossed paths with Patrick Stickles. Um, <laughs> but so, like, there's all this sort of like war imagery and anger and things. Um, but there's that second part of the song where it's much more punk rock when he's just like, you know, these people, these humans treat humans like humans treat hogs. They get used up, coughed up and fried in a pan, but I wasn't born to die like a dog. I was born to die just like a man. It's still us against them and they're winning. Um, which I, I, with the election and everything, it's been very funny to see people come out and be very supportive of someone like Mitt Romney or like when Mitch McConnell did like the bare minimum of being like, oh, hey, there was no election fraud. And people were like, Mitch McConnell's amazing. I'm like, no, it's still us against them. <laughs> Do not put these people on a pedestal. Um, and then I think this week with the GameStop thing, there was a lot of excitement. And then it was shown today, it is still very much us against them and their women. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, no, just to, just to riff a little bit off the GameStop stuff. Wow, like that, that shit is just crazy. Um, I just so happened to have AMC stock from a little while back, so... I did, you, did you have it by it. chance or just by chance no no yeah, completely completely coincidental and i was like yeah like i'll make 480 bucks like if like, you want nice. to. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like it, it's like shit like that just happens lately and i'm like 
I started investing like, cause I was like, oh, like you have to invest if you want to buy a house, right? Right. Cause like they're fucking expensive and we're millennials and don't have any money yeah. ever and nobody has income or savings. So I was just like, let me just start putting away money that I can't touch and shit like that. Uh, so like, I wasn't even planning on ever selling anything. And then I was just like, this is probably going to be like the most ridiculous thing ever. And also AMC is never going to survive ever again, right. probably anyway. So like, I was just like, if I oh, could reap the benefits. Why not? Yeah. Why not? And <laughs> it's like awesome. the same thing happened with uh, Dogecoin. Now it's going up. And like, I just randomly would buy Dogecoin. Cause I was just like, eh, maybe it'll go up sometime. And now they're just riding it up. And I'm like, all right, all right, the wave. Like if it goes up to a dollar, I'm just making a thousand dollars. And I'm like, all right, cool. Like whatever yeah. you guys want to do. <laughs> that It's so fun because like I, I've been buying and selling stocks for like five years, but like I've been doing it, you know, for like the first like five months that I was doing it, I was trying to do like penny stocks and be like, okay, let's throw a hundred dollars into this penny stock and see if I can make money. <laughs> but like now I'm like, all right, I'm going to just hold things. I'm going to put my money in something safe and then hold it for a long time and hope that it goes up. And that's paid off pretty well. But then like this all happened. And I'm like, I'm going to put as much money as I can into AMC and express and things like that. And then, uh, it just didn't work out the way that I yeah. planned. Nah, F no. Uh, it's all about the long term for sure. Yeah. Like I, I legit, like if you invested for the long term from like when coronavirus happened, like it looks like you're short term investing. Like my portfolio was just like went up because it was so bad back then. And the rich yeah. people like so badly don't want their wealth to end. So they're literally just like falsifying shit. So like, yeah. I'm expecting everything to just collapse like immensely, like very soon. Yeah. But I'm like, yeah, just like keep going up. And then once it collapses, like I'm just going to expect it to collapse and like not be upset and be yeah. like, my money is hopefully where it was when coronavirus happened yeah. and when it was already low, like the first yeah. collapse that we have had that, was catastrophic yeah there's it's it's a shit show um i don't know it, i do think that if there's another collapse uh, it's funny just like looking at, at like the past 11 months with like bitcoin and stuff where i'm like i probably could have bought some bitcoin back when like the pandemic first hit but i just didn't think about it and now it's like thirty thousand dollars a share uh, a bitcoin and i'm like oh that uh, i wish i bought like three at the time and then i have paid a year's salary i had friends who told me i i didn't take it i didn't take it they said it a long time ago they're not telling me to get in now because they don't yeah. hate me but <laughs> they definitely told me a long time ago when it was cheaper um, i also had a friend who told me about tesla a long time ago i would be fucking rich right now if i listened to him we're not really one of those anymore, things he's probably rich <laughs> it's one of those things that's like immensely disappointing as like you're like ah coulda woulda shoulda the joke is always <laughs> I, if i could go back in time and invest in apple i would um, yeah. but um anyway <laughs> it's funny i've been joking about the podcast changing from a music podcast to a stocks podcast so i'm like james crowley's <laughs> infinite portfolio <laughs> <laughs> but uh to circle back what'd you think of four score and seven 
Um, I haven't listened to Titus and Dramicus a lot, um, but I enjoyed it, uh, as I did with all, all of these songs on this playlist. Like, this was definitely more my cup of tea than uh, the metal. Uh, <laughs> so I definitely enjoyed this a lot more. And, like, I love stuff that's, like, anti-war. Fuck yeah. yeah. Like, that's, that's my shit. Uh, <laughs> we'll definitely be talking about that more. Um, <laughs> well, as we go on, I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> This has been a Lug Hole Podcast.